Next, I'd like to introduce. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. Well, he's going to give a little special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. This brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, I, medium, I'd take old. On all three of them, actually. I, now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey! Happy New Year! <laughs> yes, baby. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Joshy Josh back hey! in the saddle. I like it. I like, you back. look refreshed. I feel refreshed. I feel great. Do you feel, it, feel great? Can you tell us? Can you show us? Larry. Hello, Larry. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I sat around a lot. I moved from the bed to the couch to the bed. Now, now, now I got to know something. So yeah. we did a few shows in, in, in your absence. It wasn't the same. It Thank was not you. the same. Um, <clears throat> but do you listen to... You don't listen to the show. I checked in. No, on uh, Facebook. I checked in. Usually <laughs> you're like... I popped in. <laughs> No, I watched it on Facebook. Of course, I, uh, you did the whole show. No, I was sitting. I was sitting uh, normally in, in a pile of my Come own. Come on, fifth. tell uh, no, me. I, I swear to you, I would watch the first three, four minutes. No, you didn't watch. See it. if you mentioned my name at all, and then uh, immediately close right. it. <laughs> See, I go. They're talking about me. All right, now I'm out here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, anybody, you probably put it out. Anybody out there, if he mentions my name, let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if uh, they talk about me in the ball show, let me know. Tweet me. I was tweeting you. I was, I was throwing I in predictions. I know. I you yelled at me for being a negative Nancy about 2017. Uh oh. Uh, lovely uh, Robin. Yeah, yes. I saw Robin. Lovely Robin. Uh, did checking you see? In. Did you see what? Ro- so Robin went to Starbucks, mm-hmm. and 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 it it took Josh to point this out to me. What's Sidewinder. If you're watching on the uh, the Facebook cam, yeah, on, they face- wrote so on my Starbucks cup is written in, and obviously somebody who has really amazing hands. That's great. That's that? great penmanship. I like that. So that's great penmanship. Great it says penmanship. Sidewinder. So just before the show goes on, I start cracking up because Sidewinder is a. Um, how can I word this properly? You can say a sexual. Position. It's a sexual position, which I can't wrap my head around. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh, no, no, no. Don't I think say, that's what the position don't is. Don't say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't say wrap your head sure, around right, yeah. and sidewinder in the same conversation. So I texted Robin just now, who just popped in the window smiling because sidewinder happens to be one of our all time favorites, actually. <laughs> yeah. All time. When we get to Sidewinder, we know it's going to be big. It's going to wow. be big. Well, yeah. if, d- during the Tsunami. commercial break, could you Tsunamis. Uh, maybe sketch it out for me, graph it a little bit? <laughs> I'll, I'll bring Robin in here. We'll do a play-by-play. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Robin. Mm, thank you. Taking notes. So let's talk right now about last night's activity. Okay. So, the Sidewinder? No, no, no. <laughs> that was this morning. Okay, wow. Um, Congratulations. Um, the Sugar Bowl. Now, you should not be surprised at all about the outcome because the great one did predict accurately. Where Crimson meets Clemson in the first of the bowl. Running toward and slammer puts Dabo behind Bama. Wow. There you have it. There you have it. Now, I have to tell you some of my reasons for this. First of okay. all, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much an energy person. You mm-hmm. know, that, that certain things I think are tells in life, and it doesn't always work out that way, you, but, but there are certain things when they jump out at me. Now, I was at the Clemson game when they played Syracuse. Sure. 
And when I watched a couple of things, I was sitting with the great one, with the great Ed Levine, and I believe you were up there for a little while as well. Were you? No, not? that was the basketball game that week. We were. You went to both. I'm that sorry, week. I've never been so insulted in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Could have just as easily said yes. I was yeah, standing true, right there, and was, no one ever would have known that I was, I was wrong. No, that's, uh, you're a liar, uh, and, and I'm and, calling you out. And thank you. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, um, there was a, there was a, a period of time where the, they were managing the clock, and the uh, in the fourth quarter where. Clemson just seemed to be in total disarray. They didn't know what they were doing. Uh, Syracuse took advantage of them not being said. He obviously should have called timeout because they were disarray, and he didn't manage the clock or his timeouts properly. And number two, Clemson loses to number 78, Syracuse, on the road, which which, uh, um, really screwed their season up in a lot of ways, I think. But but what it did for me was it was a tell um, that under pressure, this guy can crack. Mm -hmm. He's the coach. He's the one that's in control of that. Yeah. He should know way out of time what he's going to do. So that was one tell. Then the second tell that got me was this whole Urban Meyer recruiting thing. Have you heard this story? I think I talked about it a little bit with you, with you here. Oh, about how they say that he's dying or something? Well, no, he did not that he's dying. But what he said was he had a recruit that was, that was um, he had committed verbally to go to Ohio State. So here comes the head coach of Clemson, and they want this kid. He's a five-star mm-hmm. guy. And he says, well, you know, Urban Meyer in Ohio State, this coach, he's on the, you know, the tail end of his career here. You know, like, like, meanwhile, there's only five years difference in them, but Clemson's on the rise, Ohio State, you know, so, so, but he actually said that. Yeah. And I thought, what a sleazy thing to say. So now, energy wise, I got the guy marked. Yeah. And I know, I know that those types of words would never come out of the mouth of Nick Saban, never would come out of the, come out of the mouth of the Alabama head coach. So I knew they were doomed. I knew there was no, and it wasn't even a good game. Twenty-four to six. They kicked two field goals. They blanked them in the second. I mean, they just they pounded them. And I watched uh, your Twitter feed at three tw- at three fifty-three p.m. yesterday. "Quote: I watched Dabo choke in the dome. Nothing changes. Bama over Clemson." The and there it one. is. I mean, the great one. And there it is. And, and there it is. It was called. It was it was properly called. And I got to tell you now. About game two, which if you were paying careful attention before we went into our break for the holidays, the great one again wow. was here for you. In Macon's wide hayfield, not Oakey's Mayfield, Heisman boy will choke on dog sleds and their folk. <laughs> yes, you heard it here indeed. I am predicting Georgia upsets Oklahoma. I don't know what more to say than two for two. Unbelievable. As the great one. Unbelievable. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what got me on this one. So there's a couple of things. Number one, when you win the Heisman Trophy, don't do the Heisman pose oh. as a prelim thing before you're going into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, 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 you know, overtly did the Heisman thing. They showed it on TV. You know, this is also the same kid that... Um, that did, that did a, 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 a an inappropriate gesture to the crowd when he was playing like Iowa State or something. He grabbed his crotch grabbed up crowd, to yeah. yeah okay so so I didn't like him there either um, you know but so I, I I knew and it was funny I was watching the game with Robin because it was the first game and I said it was getting late into the game we were into the fourth quarter and I said watch he's going to choke this is when he chokes when they need him most this is when he chokes and he threw that. That ball too long got picked off. They ran it back to like the three yard line, and Georgia went in, and, and then the rest is history. Yeah, but but I got to say something else too. Um, Riley, the coach at Oklahoma, 
what in God's name was he thinking in that game? So he's got the Heisman Trophy winner that have gotten them this far. I mean, obviously, he was a big part of what got them where they were. And he was a big part of what got them where they were in that game. And then he goes into double overtime and runs the ball six, seven, seven times. Threw the ball once, which was an offsides call, and it got intercepted anyway, but it didn't count. And I think that uh, that Baker knew that they went offside, so he just threw it up there to see what would happen. Uh, but still, he would totally went away from what got him there. And I believe too, he choked. Mm-hmm. The Oklahoma choke. The Oklahoma coach choked hard. He should have stayed with what got them where they were. He should have rode out his Heisman guy. But maybe, maybe his confidence after that ball that he threw for the interception that got Georgia back in the game, maybe he was a little frazzled by that, or or there was something we didn't know. There was a big scare going on about whether uh, uh, Mayfield was was sick. Um, oh, was, really? Yeah, there was days of him having this flu. He was missing functions. He guaranteed he was okay. He seemed to look, he looked fine, but he choked when I knew he would. Mm-hmm. He and you choked, called it. He choked it. He might have overcorrected, too, is like what you're saying. He might have thought that he had a, a he solution. F- he floated a ball to his tight end that was th- grossly overthrown that they picked off and ran all the way back, which was when um, Georgia took the lead uh, in the game. But, I, I you know. I see what I see. I throw the dust in the bowl, my friend. You know, I throw it down there and I take a look at what I see, and this is what I saw, and this is what happened. The great one has spoken. Phones are always open if you'd like to speak to the great Daniel Baldwin, who is uh, on fire right now. 437-7644. That is 4 ESPN 44 here on the Daniel Baldwin Show. Now you're taking these games in? Are you watching them? I'm watching them on the uh, clips afterwards. <laughs> Your cover technique today has been. uh, You're going smash mouth, right? Uh, Why even bother conversation? I'm I'm being honest with you. Yeah, Yeah, you don't watch. You don't watch. You have no interest in football. uh, I mean, I like it. I like that it exists. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy. I like it it for you. Uh, Yeah. Well, we did get a text too that said. uh, we want Polly full time on the show. Love Josh, but he cannot be on a sports show. He hardly knows the difference between the touchdown and the first down. Now I do know the difference between a touchdown and a first down. Obviously. Do you do? I do. Okay. Care to explain, Josh? Touchdown yeah. is you get in the end zone with the you 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 know you cross the threshold, and then <laughs> the a threshold. first down. <laughs> Is every threshold. ten yards? Every ten yards. You crossed yeah. the threshold. You crossed the threshold. Do you right? want me to give? Do you want me to give even the? Uh, okay, so let's put this out there. I want someone out there to text us or call, but preferably call us. Mm-hmm. And I want you to call us and tell us. I'm going to teach you something that NFL football players do not know. This. What is the origin of American football? Tell me the story of the origin of American football. Mm. And I want you to tell me where it comes from. And when I tell you where it comes from, it's all going to make sense. We're going to take your calls. We're going to take your texts. But I prefer to have someone get on the line and tell me. Without looking it up. Well, you know, you're not even going to probably find this. Really? This is one of those Abraham Lincoln's hands on the Lincoln Memorial. Was it stores. one of those things where there's a bunch of rednecks and a greased up pig and they're trying to catch the pig and then run around? Like, is it one of those stories? <laughs> Dead baby. <laughs> yeah. You got a real purdy yeah, mouth. Yeah, exactly. Like, is, is it that story again? Yes. Again? Another one of those. Old He's got a Ned Beatty esque feel to him, doesn't he? <laughs> Larry O'Connor, oh, yes. Larry. <laughs> Larry. Yeah, I could see Larry saying you got a purdy mouth. I could see that. You could see, I could see him being yeah. Ned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Squeal like a big Squeal like a big boy. All right, well, we'll come back. Get your phone calls in right now. 4 ESPN 44-437-7644. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse.
Hey, it's Seth Goldberg. Join me and Adrian Autry, 7 o'clock on Mondays from Stratomia Restaurant. We'll give you an hour of SU basketball talk. That's 7 o'clock at Stratomia and live here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The Orange Women's ACC Dome Opener comes this Thursday against Georgia Tech. Tip time 7, Orange pregame 645. On the pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back. We got any callers? Yeah, there were like five guys called, and then they all hung up. Seth, are you out there, buddy? How you doing, Seth? I got Somebody a New Year's called resolution. to uh, ask the price on bananas, and then they yeah. hung up. Just... I, got, I, got a, I got a New Year's resolution. Seth can't do the phones anymore during that show. That's my new resolution. He's, play, he's playing Slingo out he there. Is, he's he playing can... Boingo. He's a Boingo hotspot. Yeah. So let's talk about New Year's resolutions and the importance of New Year's resolutions in your life. Now, you have not been here, and I t- we talked a little bit with Paulie and with Robin about New Year's resolutions, and I have a list of the things that I did, but I'm interested. Did you make any resolutions? Not a one, no. Not one? No, because, you know, I should just, every day I should strive to be a better person, right? Well, I mean, I think the point of it is is that to, to put things and redirect them into focus of those things that you're lacking or those things that you want to work on. Yeah, I, I would say that in 2018, career is going to be a big focus for me. Well, that's because you're doing the show now. Obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And We're going national? Yeah. No, I... What? What it's is that, this? It's that New Year's song, Old Lang Zion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nah, Thanks, Larry. We got nah, it. Nah, nah, nah. Thank you. So, no, that's, so, I, I really want. I really want to take my career to the next level as a part of this and a part of just everything. So, so what? What entails? What, what's entailed in that? What, t- describe that. What I don't that know. Mean? I was watching a lot. One of my heroes is David Letterman, and I was watching a lot uh, on David Letterman. Uh, just one of these CNN shows that was running, and I'm just watching him and the things he's doing. And I, you know, I just feel like I haven't pushed myself creatively enough yet. So that's kind of one of my goals this year. Hmm. That's, that's great. That's a great idea. And obviously get laid a lot more. I would really like that, but that's not really a now, resolution. Be- because you become more famous, randomly getting laid? No, or, just stick or with my about, wife, but really yeah, trying to yeah, put yeah. the moves on You're bringing a little up, Oh, yeah. Well, listen, the Sidewinder is I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know, you should introduce you did, yeah. her to Robin. Yeah, you sketched it when out for I us in the Robin, commercial breaks, and I'll bring that Robin was um, very cookie cutter, really beautiful home yeah, in yeah. Orlando. Two kids. Larry, this is killing my mood. Just please, God. Yeah, it's gotta go. <laughs> uh, uh, there was no, uh, there was no wildness. There was yeah. Not, and then she meets this, uh, you know, crazy Irishman. Yeah. And it all changed. Yeah. It all changed. And one of my famous lines that I said to her, I said, "What are you afraid of? Embrace your filth. <laughs> embrace, wow. embrace your filth. Because is deep. It, thank you, Larry. Thank you. Larry. <laughs> deep down, you know, as mammals, as human beings. We have certain needs. Now, whatever those may be for you, but but explore those things mm. that you were always afraid with your ex-husband or your last you know boyfriend. Bring it here. I can see it now. Embrace your filth, the Daniel Baldwin story. Yeah, exactly. Coming soon to paperback. Exactly. Are you kidding me? I love it. Are you kidding me? That we got story is told in Las Vegas every day. Who is the phone call there, Lawrence? We've got uh, Cam on the line who wants to talk about the best football game ever. Oh. Let's go. Let's go. Well, you want to know what? Let's uh, let's start with New Year's resolutions. Let's start with Larry over there. You know, Larry, uh, I, I came out and uh, defended you. Uh, you know, this is Oliver. Uh, Oliver, close off. I just wanted to let you know that your New Year's resolution is to not look outside the window, see snow, 
and instead be a man and show up to work like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, just oops. Oh, wow. you hung up on him. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh so no! I, I guess my finger slipped. He shut. I apologize he shut for that. down Oliver clothes off. Oops. Oliver clothes off, yeah. making a wow. very brave phone call, and Lawrence. When on, a disser- when on a dissertation on Larry, mm. Larry was having, Larry, what, no, let's talk, hang on a minute now. Go ahead. What about you? What about resolutions for the great Larry Love? Uh, my resolution is to hang up on more uh, a-holes. <laughs> I see that. That's I it. see that. You just, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, you got that wish. You did, You and you executed well. I did, yeah. I, I like it was kind of, it was kind of <laughs> nonchalant. Like, nah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Larry also claimed off air that he wants to drink more. Yeah, okay, drink yeah. so take us through that. I want to. I want to make worse decisions this year. <laughs> I want to really just be the worst person I can possibly be, wow. which isn't. That's kind of a short drive for that. <laughs> and um, you know, and, and just make a lot of bad choices. That's wow. my goal for the year. So, so which bad choices did you make in 2017 that you would like to expand upon? Uh, accepted Paulie's job offer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sitting here with us. Did you not come in for the job? He contacted you and wanted you from somewhere else. Or how did that tell? Tell us about that. I, to be honest, I don't really know. I think Josh might know a little bit better about how I got here. He was uh, working in Uniontown. He had been here, but then he moved down to Pennsylvania, and Paulie needed some help up here. So I said, "Hey, if you were interested in coming back." Paul, I'd like to talk to you, and then here we are. So you lured him back. I lured him back, and I've wow. regretted every second of it. Yeah, so, <laughs> either, so either Josh gets the credit or the blame yeah, for me exactly being here. Right. Oh. Is there a lucrative package that lures you back? <laughs> no. Or? Well, the the idea of besides being, the lucrative package that we've heard. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. The uh, bulgy. Uh, coming home. This is my adopted. Uh, home area. He likes it here. How was Pennsylvania and how long did that last? I was there for two years. It was awful. Two was years you were in Pennsylvania. Yeah, just shy of two years. And where where exactly in Pennsylvania is this? Uniontown, uh, southwestern PA. About an hour outside South of Pittsburgh. Southwestern yeah. PA. Yeah, you're, you're... And he's doing news radio down there, which what yeah. the hell's happening in Uniontown, Pennsylvania to cover mm-hmm. on the news? What does is it? A steel town? What is uh, it? Used to be a steel town. Used to be a coal town. Oh, just a, a lot of uh, a lot of crime. That was <laughs> crime. So, is it was really crime. Yeah, a lot of crime stories. Yeah, Ooh, that's Absolutely. exciting. So, so here, here, here's something I'm much, much more intrigued about. Mm-hmm. So you're you're a Long Island kid. Yep. We're very, actually very. I'm sure very similar. Yeah, because you're from Massapequa. Yeah, and I'm you're from Bayshore. Bayshore. Yeah, so very similar up. Yeah, we're I'm on sure. the we're on the Babylon line of the L I double R. You got it. You got it. Next stop. For anyone change, who cares, change change <laughs> of Babylon, <laughs> change of Babylon four points east. Um, so so. What lures you away from here, your adopted home, to take you to Uniontown? It, it was uh, a, a risk, I guess. Uh, it, it was. I felt it was time to take living a on risk. the edge, going to Uniontown. Yeah, huh? Yes, living on the edge and, and <laughs> damn near falling off. Wow, wow! So isn't that so, a Billy Joel song? Living, yeah. <laughs> moving to Uniontown. And we're moving to Uniontown. <laughs> I love that song because I'm nothing but a clown. Yeah, <laughs> big hit, big hit. Yeah, it was huge. It was Big huge. hit for I think him, it was yeah. Allentown, but that's okay. Nah, whatever. Um, it's all the same. So no, yeah, it's, all the, it's, <laughs> it, it's Southwestern <laughs> yeah, PA. You're not going to miss it. Um, so so no resolution. I can't believe even either one of you guys has. Yeah, I mean, because I like you're so lose, perfect. Or? I like Obviously. to lose a few pounds. Yeah, but that's but, a great. That's but, on my. That's on my thing. But apart from that, no, I, I don't really make them. Okay, so I'd like to lose some power. So why not make that a focus of something for yourself so you make it a reality? No, I think no, that's never. part of... I want to accomplish that. Well, what's interesting is this. Once you start to go through this, like, if you started to go through things that you'd like to better about yourself, you 
instinctively have resolutions. You just don't realize it. Like, I'd like to better my career and grow my career this year, and I'd also like to have more financial stability. So those are two okay. things. So, so. Do so you want to leave radio? And there are different schools. <laughs> and becoming there, a banker, yes. There are different schools of thought on how to execute those things. But I have to tell you, I was never a big Tony Robbins guy. You know, I had known about him, um, you know, all through the late 80s and 90s when he started really taking off. And I have to tell you, I met him. And he turned around and he gave me, with my face on it, mm. sent me a million dollar bill this big. Now I had made 200,000, 400,000, 100,000, 600,000, 200,000, and fluctuated back and forth, making a comfortable living for sure. me, the son of a school teacher, but I never made close to a million dollars. And he said, I want you to tape this up on your mirror where you shave. And I want you to look at it every single day when you brush your teeth and shave. And I want you to look up before you go to bed. And I want you to say to yourself, looking at that bill, this year I'm going to make a million dollars. Eight months after I taped that bill up, I made a million dollars. And I believe there's truth in that. In one year. I just, it was like a mantra thing. I didn't really do a lot different. Mm -hmm. Is that the power of positive thinking? (laughs) You know, I'll say this. I've always said to people when they get up, and I, I used to be, a much better golfer than I am now before I got older and I, I had neck and back injuries, but I can still play pretty well. And I used to be really good at it. And I used to say when I play in these these pro-ams or whatever, and you get a guy who shoots, you know, the the average golfer shoots over 100. And I get a guy who shoots 105 and he go, God, I'm going to probably spray this one right in the water. And I go, then you probably are going to. I said, before I get up to every shot, I look at it and I go, I'm going to shoot the ball just to the right of the green. It's going to turn. It's going to hit the front right corner. and It's going to roll back left. I mean, I visualize the entire thing. And I bring the club back and I make that image in my mind. And then I take a practice swing and I take a full swing at the ball. I step over the ball and I execute that that idea. And there's something to be said about that type of execution in life that making this list for me And I said to myself, I have to finally stop smoking cigarettes. I have stopped smoking. I haven't had one single cigarette. Since when? How many days? It's been before New Year's now. Wow. So, And that's a big one for me. I've been smoking since I'm 24. Yeah. So um, I stopped that. The weight loss thing um, is imperative for me. This is going to be a healthy year for me. I'm going to do so. And I'm going to, Robin says I have EPD, extreme personality disorder. I, when, when I do something, I like to do it all the way. So oh, yeah, yeah. She, we're doing this first is a, is a minimum 30-day fruit cleanse where all I can eat is fruit. Yeah, he's eating a bunch of fruit. All, like if you go in the kitchen right now. Eat. Yeah, he was eating an avocado earlier. That's a fruit. I know it is. Yeah. And you had what, pine, I, would you have a thing of pineapple and Pineapple cut up and and berries and all, all you can eat is fruit. Fruit, water, and I'm allowed, the one thing I'm allowed is my coffee. Oh. So I'm getting my good coffee. old sidewinder. Good old side. sidewinder. Oh yes. So what is that going to do? <laughs> oh yes. Thirty so, days so, of that. So I'm going to do. Well, we're we're planning on possibly doing ninety. Wow. Ninety days on. I'm committed to do the thirty, and see what happens as a result of doing it. Because so, it, it's beyond um, just a weight loss thing. The fruits cleanse your body of all yeah. kinds of other toxins and stuff, which evidently I'm full of, of which I make known while I'm sidewinding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, another thing that I said to myself that I wanted to look into doing was opening an office right here in, in Armory Square to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now it looks like I'm going to execute that this week and that's have an awesome. office where I walk back and forth between this show and that office, maybe even shoot some stuff in that. Yeah, I don't know let's that. do it. Put some movie posters up let's and have some it. room to do some things. Um, I'll, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to attempt no fast food this month. 
That would be great. That's, that's a goal. great. That's going to be that's going to be my goal. That's a great goal. That's a great goal. You How went from you? being a worse person and an alcoholic to a to <laughs> cutting out fast food. Five do, you see, yeah. do, you, do you see the power of being in this mm-hmm. room right now? Positive thinking. Um, um, did you ever see uh, Super Size Me? No, I haven't. <gasps> oh man, you want to see that? Yeah. If you if you ever wanted to have something to motivate you, if you're a fast food guy, and I never was, I think everyone has their 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 Achilles heel. Yeah. For me, chicken McNuggets. Oh yeah. More than chicken McNuggets, and thank God they don't have them all the time, or I'd be in trouble. Are the McRibs? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The McRibs. Yeah. I will go in and order an extra onion, extra pickle, two McRibs, and combine them into one sandwich. That's nice. And double up. I think even Homer Simpson would say that's a, that's too much for me. No, no we got to look no, at no, no, no. no Sales owner and I are all chubbed up over here. Yeah. About the food. But, 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 is it that time of the year again? And the other thing is Taco Bell. Dude, Taco Bell's my thing. The border is so in order for me. <laughs> <laughs> is that a line? Did you just invent that for them? Or? No, that's their, one of their is slogans. The, the border is in order. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the border is in order for me. I, I, could, I could live on Taco Yeah, Bell. me too. And as a diabetic, I'm a type 2 diabetic. Mm-hmm. So as a diabetic, I actually, my friend Alex Dugici said, have you ever looked at what your blood sugar is after you eat three tacos? And so I said, no. He goes, check it. And sure enough, it didn't even bump. Like, for some reason, the combination of the meat, the lettuce, you can eat three uh-huh. Taco Supremes and your sugar barely moves. And I'm Whoa. like, well, that should be known. Yeah. People should, that should be, you know, watch all the, the, the 125 million diabetics in the United States all go flocking to Taco Bell now. So do you, so now that you've done all these changes, is your, do you feel weird? Like, you've quit smoking and you're eating nothing but fruit. I have to tell you that even walking out of the office just now, I said to Robin, I, go, I am so tired. I'm, yeah. I, I know from not smoking, it changes. Smoking speeds up your metabolism. And so by now, I would have been outside and huffed down a couple mm-hmm. of cigarettes before I came in here. Um, I've allowed myself a couple of those Blackwood cigars just to have the taste in my mouth, but I'm not inhaling them. Mm-hmm. But I can absolutely feel the difference and how lethargic I feel. I feel really tired from... From kicking out all these toxins, because your body's getting rid of all. Well, of I'm it? a meat guy. You yeah, know, I'll, I'll eat steak every day. Yeah, bacon, this, that. You know, I mean, Same. I was, I was 284 pounds on the scale um, less than 30 days ago. Whoa, I'm, I'm 255 now, so I've lost 30 pounds in a month. So then, what happens after the fruit? I'm not like, showing it yet, but. you're gonna do, do do fruit, and then what happens after that 30 or 90 days? You know, I'm gonna do the 30. Uh, my goal is to be under 230. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Is to get under two thirty. So I think all of us could get under two thirty in here. I'm over two thirty. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm two thirty two right now. Yeah, but you weren't two eighty five. No, I was not. No, I was. Yeah, that and that's impressive. So that means I'm going to drop fifty five pounds, and I hope to do it in less than ninety days. Are you doing like a workout thing at all? You know, I haven't done that yet because I'm so tired from from the not sure. smoking and the and the drastic change. That uh, I'm going to take it incrementally now. So now I'm going to do the fruit for two weeks, uh, and then I, and I have a gym in my house. Yeah, it's there for show. It yeah, looks right. great, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I'm going to slowly. Uh, I'm impressed though with the commitment to no fast food for a month. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it the the best shot I How can. How often do you eat fast food? A couple times a week, two three yeah. times. That's a big difference, though, man. It is. It, it adds up. It adds up. Watch Super Size Me, and you'll see why right. it adds I up. I will. It's crazy. Let's go to break. We'll come back. This is Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. And we're back. And we're back. And we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit. Josh, I'll get a better understanding of what 
what the polls actually mean. Yeah. So, so Syracuse University basketball, we beat Virginia Tech, and so far we've lost to Kansas, who at the time was number two in the nation, and to St. Bonaventure, who I believe we should have beat St. Bonaventure, but they're probably a tournament-bound team. Virginia Tech is ranked better than Syracuse after we beat them. Is it one of those uh, difficulty schedule situations? Well, yeah, you know, listen, so in any other sport that besides these things that they're in, I, I, I understand that. I, I Listen, I get it. When you are walk out in the ring and knock the guy out, mm-hmm. and the next day they have him ranked over you, I don't get that. No, I don't either. I don't understand it. I don't care who you played. You just beat them. And then we didn't beat them on a on a on a, on a chuck from half court. You <laughs> no, know, to yeah. win a, we beat them by twelve or something. I right. mean, we beat them right on their court too, didn't we not? Yeah, and that's one of those uh, that's one of those things where you'll start to dive into the the schedule. Like Brent Axe knows all about this stuff, where he's like, "Well, they played this team, and then this team played this right. team, and yeah, right, right." And and listen, and I get all that, and that's why I I don't throw a lot of caution to the wind when I hear that Alabama is number four and they almost didn't get in behind Ohio State, but Clemson still had to go play Alabama, and I knew Clemson wasn't going to beat Alabama, and Alabama beat the crap out of Clemson. They held them to two field goals. They, they definitely beat him up. So, you know, now if you're going to tell me, the, let, 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 here, here's a great example. So let's say Clemson had never lost to Syracuse. Let's yeah. say they come up here and they beat Syracuse in the Dome. Now Alabama goes and beats Clemson and gives them their first loss of the year, and Alabama has two losses. After Alabama plays Georgia, would it be fair to say Clemson could be ranked ahead of Alabama? I mean, with that logic, yeah. With this logic, yeah. right? If you're going to say Alabama played a weaker non-conference schedule, Clemson played harder games, we throw out the loss, could you say, well, then that would eliminate the whole reason why we have that. So it doesn't make sense. When you when when, when a ranking comes out, now, 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 don't get me wrong, if we're talking about, uh, I think Butler just beat uh, Villanova in basketball. Mm. Now, so Butler's obviously going to rise in the rankings and we're going to see them and they're playing um, somebody else who's a big team this week. So, you know, if they win those two, I expect to see them pop into the top. But if they lost nine games before that, and they flukily beat them, but this is not the case. Syracuse has only got two losses, one against the number two team in the nation at the time, and another one against a possible tournament team, although not not in the top 25. How do, I, I just don't understand it. It frustrates me to read that kind of stuff and to try to, you know, and when I hear Brent Dax or, or Matt Park or this one, they can explain to you. No, you, no, you can't explain it to me. We just beat them. We beat them. They should not be ranked as high as we are. Well, they sure. break down the point system and the points per win. It's it's such a thing that I don't understand. Well, then that what we should do is we should measure the height and weight of all the players, mm. and we should turn around and take their grade point average and, and how fast they're and all this, and not play the game. Yeah. And, and, and just say, just out. well, we should beat these guys nine out of ten times. We'll beat these guys. So we're not going to find out if this is the one out of ten times where we beat you. We're just going to put it all on paper, and we'll, we'll we'll bet on it. We'll see how it goes. Butler plays Xavier tonight, by the way, 7 o'clock. Xavier. Yeah. Xavier's up there, aren't they? Fifth. They're in fifth place. See? Fifth place. They're in fifth place. <laughs> they're not ranked fifth. They're, no, in, they're fifth in fifth place. place. Yeah, they're in fifth place. They're in fifth place. Big number five. They're going to cross the threshold soon. <laughs> 
gonna, That's not what it's called. They're, they're gonna, what is it called? It's the it's the end but zone. But the end zone has a thing. Oh. The goal line. Yeah, but doesn't it like the threshold? No like, one wanted to call up and find out about the the origin of, like uh, when of football. I carry my bride over the threshold. There's nothing. The I origin know. of football. What right. is it? Can you just tell? What is the uh, guys? It's the I know, goal line. I know, but what's the origin of football? I want to oh, know the story know? now. Okay, yeah. so let's take some of the terms. Let's write them down now. Okay. Let's take some of the terms you know. Give me some football terms. First down. First down, okay. Touchdown. Touchdown. Safety. Safety, that's a good one. End zone. Oh. End zone. Got that one right. How about, uh, what do they call a long pass? Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Anything else they call it? <sighs> He's going to throw the... Long ball. Lo- he into the B. Javelin? B to the B? B. What is that? I don't he's know. Throw, <laughs> he threw a javelin. I liked it. He's going to throw, throw the ba- ball? Ba- bomb. Bomb diggity. He's going to throw the bomb. Ba- <laughs> you never heard him say he's throwing a bomb? Of course I have. I'm a big fan. Name what? Name 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 a, def- name a defense. Uh, what happens when they all run after the quarterback at once? That's called a blitz. That's called a blitz. Oh, You're right. This. That's a blitz. Look out, America. Okay. So. Now we're going to Civil War. Okay. And we're training the troops. How expensive would it have been to put them in those formations and load up those muskets and let them fire those muskets with the cost of how much it costs to fire one of those balls? So they put the rifles down and they gave them a rugby ball and they started practicing those running formations while they used the ball to keep them occupied so they could practice the drilling for the war that the North and the South were fighting. Ergo, the bomb, the blitz. The safety. These are all war terms, my friend. Wow. That they used in practicing and giving a guy the ball, and they let them run it because they ran at each other with the bayonets mm-hmm. and everything, and they had the flying V, the wedge, which is exactly how you do a kickoff. The kicker's here, and they form a V and run at you and try to knock you out of the way so the guy behind them can get through, which is exactly what they did when they fought the war on the ground. Mm-hmm. So the origin of American football is a derivative of using a rugby ball, which was played in Europe, along with the fact that they were practicing to fight a war. Wow. Show me where you've got that written down anywhere, sports fans. <laughs> you don't. You, you don't, don't have you that. Don't. You hear it here first. Which, Daniel Bowman, we, I mean, we can't verify it by any means because it's not written down anywhere, but I like it. I like it. It's factual. It's factual. You it's cannot factual. be proven wrong. It's factual. All right, we'll come back, get ready to wrap things up, and hand it over to Brent Axe. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Liverpool Pool and Spa on ESPN Radio Syracuse. The Crunch played their first game of 2018 this Saturday in Hartford against the Wolfpack. Countdown to Crunch time, 645. Puck drop at 7 on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, we're just giving some sidewinder lessons here <laughs> for the last segment. Is that Larry claims he's done it? I feel like that's a lie. Do you feel like Larry's not lying about sidewinding? No, I'm not a chance. You never know. He might have been catching <laughs> and not pitching. <laughs> oh! I mean, it's been so long, I can't remember, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I have. Once I saw the uh, the picture, it looks familiar. This is <laughs> you remember familiar. from days of yore. I remember. Way hey, back Timmy, one. remember me? <laughs> <laughs> Larry. Wow. Larry's a Larry, missionary man. Straight Larry in, is straight a missionary. In, he's he? a missionary man. He's a sidewinder expert. <laughs> he is. John Gruden is all over the news right now. John Gruden of Monday Night Football fame, uh, head coaching in the NFL for multiple teams, including the Raiders at one time, and Super Bowl champions 
with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John Gruden is back in the talks right now. It looks like he is all but signed to coach the Oakland Raiders, who are moving to Las Vegas. So there's going to be an NFL franchise in Las Vegas. John Gruden is going to be lured out of the Monday Night Booth, which you know I figured by looking it up now when I heard this story that it would have to be an incentive-laden you know, contract. Why would he leave the mm-hmm. comfort of being in that booth? He's a legend. He does yeah. the coach's corner. He does all this stuff. So, But what it turns out they're going to do is they're going to give him a piece of the team. Oh, Mark Davis, Al Davis' son, who now owns the team, is going to turn around and give him, I don't know what how much of a chunk, but he's giving him a piece of the team to get him out. Because I think he realizes, Davis, that they're poised. You know, They were 12-4 and four the year before last, and then this season they slipped a little bit. But they're a pretty good team. Uh, Carr is a good quarterback. He's young. Gruden will definitely develop him and the move to Las Vegas. But but it, the interesting thing about this whole thing is an NFL team in Las Vegas. That's now, what I was going to ask you. Do you think they can sustain an NFL team? They just oh got God. an NHL team. Oh, for sure they can. Think about how many hotels will buy 200 tickets and send their big players and say, and they'll buy box. Oh, for sure they'll yeah. be able to. Oh, yeah, yeah. The argument's always been it's such a transient town. No, like there's no hometown pride. Yeah, but when you have a you have eight home games and you're you know the Mirage. Yeah. Mirage is going to have two of those big sky boxes. Well, they'll send there. You want to keep your player there. You know, you want to you so you want to get him there, make him happy. Cocktails are flowing mm-hmm. back to the tables, and he's happy, and the Raiders win, and he has a big dinner, and oh yeah, 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 for sure, they'll be able to sustain that. That's a tax write off to those hotels. Mm-hmm. That's a tax write off to those casinos. So all of it's going to be a write off. That part's not what I'm worried about. What was always the worry was would the temptation of being in Las Vegas and fixing a game where people you know are, are known to gamble yeah. obviously so what you know a young player who who's the punter you know or somebody who just goes whoops you know shanked yeah. oh, it no, you know, right, right. <laughs> or or some wide receiver who drops a wide open pass which occasionally does happen yeah. but you know you're up by 7 and it's not usually not when a guy's involved in these kinds of things one of the the bigger scandals that comes to mind was was called the Boston College basketball college basketball scandal, and they had three players that were involved in it. And what they did was they didn't throw games, but when they were favored by nineteen, and the guy in the fourth quarter threw three passes away, I mean, really clanked a yeah. couple of shots, and they won by twelve. You know, yeah. and, and you just knew it was so obvious in their play something was wrong. Yeah, and so they won. They 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 caught them and they prosecuted, and this whole thing came out of it. Um, a very famous basketball gambling scandal. But the temptation of being in the town where you gamble was always the reason why Las Vegas has never had a professional franchise. The only thing they ever had was UNLV. And even them, when Jerry Tarkanian uh, was the coach of that team and they won a national title, um, there was all kinds of talk about whether or not they had fixed a few games and what was going on there. So I find it really, really interesting that another maverick move by Davis, the Davis family, it was Al Davis, my father's roommate in college, by the way, at at Syracuse University. It was Al Davis who moved them from Oakland to Los Angeles for that short spell and then back to Oakland and it'll now be Mark Davis who has the first professional franchise with John Gruden and you can mark that down now my sources tell me he is absolutely going to sign this contract John Gruden will coach the Raiders next year that's going to be unbelievable and we kind of want to blow to uh, Raiders fans I mean those Oakland Raiders fans are dedicated they're they're ravaged but you know of any city I was going to pick 
that I think that they would travel to Las Vegas to see? Mm. It's Raiders fans. Yeah? It's Raiders fans, yeah. I spent a game. I never remember one of the first games I ever went to in Oakland. And I asked Al when he was alive. He goes, you want to come sit with me? You want to? Where do you want to go? And I said, I want to go to the black hole. <laughs> and he said, you yeah. want to go down there? And I want, I want to go down there where the guys have horns coming out of their heads. Oh, yeah. and silver and black all over their face. And I went down and watched the game from the black hole, which is the same as my experience when I went when I went to watch a Cleveland game from the dog pound. I mean, they're the most ravenous, crazy fans. You can't walk through there without being beaten to death if you wore someone else's jersey. I mean, it's the way it should be. Oh. It's, it's the epitome of the NFL. I, I love it. Just, yeah, kind of like a Buffalo Bills home game, which we should talk Bills tomorrow, too, obviously. We are going to the talk playoffs. about the Bills tomorrow. Whole bunch of stuff to get to on tomorrow's show, of course. Keep getting involved on the text line. Brent Axe is up next. This has been the Daniel Baldwin Show. And don't be afraid to sidewind. Do not be afraid to sidewind. No, sir. ESPN Radio, Syracuse.